Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. So I've come this morning and um, I've actually brought a friend with me. You want to meet my friend? Um, I've got my wife. My wife's out there with our uh, three little daughters, three little rock star girls. One has just turned six, one has just turned four, and one is about one and a half. And they all walk around like they own the place. <laughs> if you ever want to know who they are, I mean, they both, they, they, they've, got a, they've got an olive complexion. They're a bit darker. They're Indian kind of looking. But if you, want ever, if you see three young girls walking around like they own the city, that's, that's my girls. That's, my, that's how you know that... <laughs> So, my, they get that from their mother, actually. <laughs> um, so, I brought them with me to Mumbai, but I've also brought a friend with me. And uh, let's just see how he's going in there. He's, he's still in there. You want to meet him? When I, when I first met him, I, um, I didn't know how to take him. Found it hard to work him out. Um, now, though, we've known each other for a little while. We're friends now. He's small. He is friendly. He does pretty much whatever I want him to do. He, um, we've got this great understanding. And uh, whenever I want to get a little kick out of life, I come to him. And uh, I have a chat with him. And he makes me feel good about myself. But when I'm tired of him, I just put him back in his box. And I, I thought I'd love to introduce him to you. Maybe you have a friend like this too. My friend is God. And I've found at times in my life, I've put him in a box. When I first had an encounter with Jesus, the world was different. Everything was just amazing. I was in awe of him. I was amazed by him. I was captivated by him. But as time continued, as life progressed, I worked him out. At times I find myself putting God in a box. I go to him whenever I need him, whenever I want anything. He's a God at times, in, I, I, I'm challenged with this, who serves my purposes. He even sounds like me. He thinks like me. Have you ever done this? Try to put God in a box? In Isaiah chapter 55, we read a couple of chapters earlier today, but in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8 and 9, God says this, God Himself. He says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as high as their heavens are above the earth, that's pretty high, right? So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than yours. 
How is it sometimes in my life, and I'm a pastor, this is what I tell people about Jesus. How is it sometimes in my life that I can, I can become too familiar with the things of God and the person of God? I create a God according to my own imagination. I try to create a God according to my own image. Have you ever done that before? Try to confine him. And at times he's there when I need him. Just say a couple of prayers and pff, yes, master. He appears. But God is not like a celestial vending machine. He's not like a Coke machine where you put money in and you get him come out ready to serve you. This is the almighty God. He's holy. We heard Pastor Rachel talk about God like he's a God of fire. He's massive. He's incorruptible. He's free from sin. And yet he is so personable. We have a God who doesn't always think like us, who doesn't always act like us. He's so different. And yet, through the person of Jesus, he wants to know us and live within us. My God is so different to any other God of this world. My God is capital G God. All the other gods are lowercase g, God. My God is big. I mean, He is big. He is all-conquering, ever-faithful. He is all-seeing, all-knowing. My God supersedes any God of this universe, and He desires to know me personally. I've just got to let Him out of the box. I've got to let God be God. I've got to let Him be the holy God that He wants to be. I don't know about you, but I like to talk about God as God of love, the God of light, the God of grace, the God of truth. God is all of these things, absolutely, but He is a holy God. There are things about Him that I do not yet fully comprehend. He does things and He says things that I don't always agree with, but that's why He's God and I'm not. Do you know sometimes... My God, my holy God, who thinks on a different level to me, who has a bit more of a further developed brain than I do, who's been around a little bit longer than I have, my God sometimes gets jealous. He doesn't like it when I have other gods. My God sometimes exercises wrath. My God at times shows vengeance. Read Nahum chapter 1 and I think verse 2. And the holiness of God, I think sometimes we can underestimate. And we don't often talk about God's holiness. But you know, when you read the Bible, what an amazing book it is. When we, we dust our Bible off to open it. Oh my goodness, you'll read some amazing things about God. He tells you about Himself. We can see that God is holy. In fact, the only attribute of God in the Scriptures that we read about that is elevated to the third degree is God's holiness. In Isaiah chapter 6, I think it is, we read, the angels cry, holy, holy, holy. In Revelation, I think it's 4 and verse 6, holy, holy. Holy, 
Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Our God is holy. Never in the scriptures do we read God be talked about. God is love, love, love. Or grace, grace, grace. Or merciful, merciful, merciful. Yes, He is gracious. Yes, He is loving. Yes, He is merciful. But the most important attribute of God is His holiness. He is incorruptible. He is humongous. He is free from sin, far from blemish. And yet, this incredible, massive, all-powerful God delights in knowing you and living in you through the person of Jesus. Be careful to not put God in a box. He's given you His Holy Spirit. Have you thought about that? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. As Christians, perhaps we've been following Jesus for some times and we become desensitized with the very verbiage or the words of holy and spirit. But when we put our faith in Jesus as the Son of God, as we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, as we believe that there is no way to the Father except through Jesus, we receive by grace His Holy Spirit who lives within. He's not just any spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. He's free from sin. He's incorruptible. And He lives within you. He lives inside of you. And sometimes God in His holiness doesn't say things that go out of the ordinary. He, he speaks to you in ways that are out of the box. Let's think about some of the things that God believes that I wouldn't necessarily believe in. I wouldn't come up with the idea of hell. I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. But God has designed such a place for people that choose to reject Him. And in His grace, He allows for anybody to be saved by believing in Him, to receive eternal life, and live in heaven. My goodness. I'm going to be dancing on streets that are golden. Think about that for a second. I wouldn't have come up with that personally. But God is holy. He knows what He's doing. Gold on the streets. Gold will be under my feet. Like gold here is expensive. My wife likes gold. She's expensive. My girls now, they're becoming expensive. But in heaven, heaven is going to be such a place of grandeur and wonder that it's going to be under my feet. Ah, God, you, you invented that? Wow. I'm okay with Hitler going to hell. I'm okay with Joseph Stalin going to hell. But you designed such a way, and, and think about this, in God's holiness, He sends His own Son to die? I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have invented that. I wouldn't have come up with that idea. How weird is that? That a creator of the universe, Father of heaven, 
sends his own son to pay the price, a criminal's death, a crucifixion on a cross, that I would be dancing on golden paths in heaven? I, I wouldn't have come up with that. But God is holy. He says and does things that I don't. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And this morning, this is just an encouragement to just think, God, have I put you in a box? Are you saying things to me that go outside of my own understanding? Has God ever said something to you that just doesn't make sense? Has he ever done that? You know, in 2009, at the end of 2009, I was on holidays. I just got back from India, funnily enough. At the end of 2009, I remember it so clearly. In October 2009, I got back from India. I was on holidays, got into Perth. I was sitting in the back of the church auditorium, about two rows from the back. And the team was singing and the, the band was playing. And as we were there, I think I probably had a tiff with my wife. We pastors actually do argue from time to time. I can hear a witness right over here. Not these guys. This is Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. I remember coming in, sitting on the second last row, and I had a bad attitude in church. I came on a Sunday with a bad attitude. And remember, I'm a pastor. And I'm thinking, man, these guys playing. I don't even like these songs. They're playing too loud. Why is it too loud? I don't even like this song anyway. And I, I, I had something in my heart that just said, hang on. Worship isn't about me. Worship's about him. Right? Hello? We, be, we become so consumer when it comes to church community. Oh, no, I don't like the lights. I don't like the volume. I don't... Oh, be quiet. This is about Him, right? We find ourselves as we give ourselves to Him. And so I'm there, and all of a sudden I had this realization, I've just got to... I've got to surrender again. I got on my knees, and I started praying in the Spirit. I started praying, and all of a sudden I started weeping, crying, and I couldn't handle it. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. I, I've never had an encounter like this before, guys. I, I heard him in my heart so clearly. And I heard him say to me, before long, you will take on the leadership of this church. And I said, I don't want that. Now, just so you understand, I thought that I would itinerate through Southeast Asia. I thought that I would go from church to church and just preach the gospel. That's what I thought would happen. And so when I heard the Holy Spirit in my heart, I said, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, Lord. I don't want to take on the leadership of the church. And I, I had this, this like little Jacob wrestling moment. In the Old Testament, there's a story about Jacob wrestling with God. I, I had that moment in my heart. I've never experienced it like this before. But God was working something out in my heart. And at that moment, I, I heard my, in my heart, I heard my mouth close. And I heard him say, nothing can stop what I have destined. And in my heart, he showed me that as soon as I gave my life to Jesus, I gave him my everything. I gave him everything. 
And then he showed me the fear of man, and he showed me three people in the church at the time. The fear of people, because when you lead, you have to deal with, and you have to contend with people not liking you. And you have to think, do they like my preaching? Do they like my leadership? You, it, you have to work through these things. And God showed me three individuals in the church that I had, and in that moment, in that instant, God healed me of the fear of man. I didn't tell many people. I left the room. I left the church hall and I wrote it in my little black book. Within weeks, there was an elders meeting. There was a discussion with the elders. Phil had shared how he felt to hand on the leadership of the church. I brought out my little black book and I shared what I'd written down. Within months, people were getting dreams about this. And it was confirmation to me that, wow, I serve a God who is holy and who sometimes says and thinks and does things that I wouldn't necessarily want to do. But I tell you what, when you bow the knee to Jesus, when you follow His Holy Spirit and you let Him out of the box, He takes you places that you would never be able to go to by yourself. I'm promising you that right now. I, I'm an engineering student. I did a thesis in project management as an engineer at University of Western Australia. It was an honours grade thesis. I had two job opportunities which would have given me a lot of money. I did well with my thesis. But God called me to finish that through and sow it into the kingdom. And so I did. Now, I would never have imagined that I'd be in Mumbai in 2017 with a godly wife and three girls who are running amok. I never would have imagined. Two church campuses. We're about to plant another one in January of next year in Africa. I would never have thought that. I was an engineer. But when you bow the knee to him, he takes your places, folks. He takes your places. He takes your places. So listen to me. Don't ever let familiarity breed contempt in your relationship with God. Don't put God in a box. Don't presume that the Holy Spirit is there to serve you. He does minister to you. He does serve you. But first and foremost, I'm here to follow His lead. I'm a better leader than the Holy Spirit, am I? Do I really think I know what I'm doing? I'm flying blind. I told a friend recently, mate, I don't even know what I'm doing with this church stuff. I honestly, you, you're looking at me and I'm coming across real confident and stuff. I haven't got a clue. I don't know what's going on. I don't even really know what's happening beyond January. Literally the other day, I'm racking my brains. Where are we, getting a massage? And I said to Ryan, Ryan, this is good for thinking time. We're getting a massage, you know, at this Thai place, doing our feet and stuff, and they're stretching our legs, and I'm feeling like an old man. And I'm getting thinking time, and I'm thinking, I have no idea what's going to happen with Africa. I have no idea whatsoever. Now, naturally, as an engineer, I'm a, I'm a calculating, cautious type of a thinker. Anyone like that? You like things organized? You're a bit, you, any controlling type of a people here? Like, that's me, right? Oh, I see that hand. God bless you, right? I like things sorted out. In Australia, we, we, we call it lining up your ducks. I like to line up my ducks and know exactly what's happening. But sometimes God says, hang on, let me out of the box. Remember to trust Holy Spirit. He's an amazing God. Don't be familiar with Him because if you become too familiar with God, you miss out on the miracles. If you've got your Bibles, pull it out. 
I want to read, I want to take you now to Mark chapter 6, and we're going to read about six verses, the first six verses of Mark chapter 6. Let's read together. Jesus left that part of the country and read... That's the NIV, the New Indian Version. <laughs> no, let's go. This is a New Living Translation. You ready? Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They asked, where did he get all of his wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? He is just the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, if you've got your Bibles, you can underline that, right? Because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed. He was amazed. Isn't this just, isn't this that, that boy that we, that, we, that we saw growing up here? Isn't this just? The carpenter, your version might say the carpenter's son. Isn't this just the carpenter? Isn't this just the carpenter's son? We know his family. We've known him for a long time. They put him in a box, right? They put him in a box. And because of their unbelief, Jesus couldn't do many mighty miracles. And he was amazed. Now, when I used to read that, I used to, I used to be indignant. I'm like, those Muppets, those silly people. How, how could they not know that this was the Almighty God? And then I realized sometimes I do that. I put God in a box. Hang on a second. I, I know Jesus. I encountered him so many years ago. I know what he's going to say. I know how he's going to act. And I'm going to put him in a box. I wonder sometimes if Jesus sometimes walks into his hometown like a church service or a prayer meeting or a life group and he marvels at our unbelief. I wonder if sometimes on a Sunday when we come in and we're singing the songs and we're, lo we're loving the tunes, man, we're loving the beats. Oh man, that drummer boy today, he is really kicking it. Yeah, yeah, I love this worship. Yeah, oh, this is good. And I know, I know what's going to happen now. Yeah, we're going to praise the Lord, PTL. Yeah, we, we, we are going to do it. We are going to do it. And then uh, someone's going to preach the word, and we become familiar, and we put God in a box, right? This is just church, right? Just, just church. Whenever you have that word just in front of something, consider taking it out. This is not just church. This is an opportunity for us to encounter Him, to lift Him up and see what He does. Sure, we've got our plans. Sure, we've got our program. We have those things, but we surrender that to the Almighty to move and act and flow as He wants to. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? This is just Jesus. 
carpenter's son? Surely. Jesus couldn't. Jesus. Who does this guy think he is with so much wisdom? It's not just your mate. He's not just a friend. Is he a friend? Absolutely, but he is your holy friend. He is almighty. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we pass from this life into eternity? When this shell collapses, our heart stops and our spirit goes, we are either with him or far from him. Can you imagine what it's like when we see Jesus face to face? Oh my. Now that's going to be something else. I, I don't picture heaven to be a place or Jesus to be a person where as soon as I pass on into eternity, yo, JC, what's up, my man? Come here, dog. Yeah, yeah, come here. High five on the low flip side. Come here, home dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You my G dog, man. Good to see yo. No, no, see, I don't imagine my experience with Jesus to be like that. He's more than just a friend. He's more than just my homeboy. He's holy. I would imagine when I see him face to face, oh my, Jesus, it's you. Oh Lord, I I, I would imagine there would be a, a, a sense of, Oh, Lord, just the thought of it moves me. Tears would well up. That sense of honor and gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. He's holy. He's holy. Why can't I experience the dynamic of that relationship now? that when I go to life group or Bible study group or a prayer meeting or when I'm having coffee with someone and I'm just sensing the Holy Spirit calling me to just share Jesus. It's not just coffee with someone. It's not just life group. It's not just prayer meeting. This is a God-given, gracious act and opportunity for Him to be lifted up. Have you ever felt as though you've been contained by someone before, by their perspective or their perception of you? Have you ever felt like that? I have relatives that still see me as a four and five-year-old boy. (laughs) Some of you in your 20s, 30s, you're still experiencing that, right? Where you have relatives, and I'm I'm, I'm an ethnic boy, man. I'm I'm Indian. I'm Anglo-Indian. So they're probably always going to look down on me. They'll pinch your cheeks, and Right? But what does it do? You're like, oh man, come on, I'm, I'm a little bit older now. I've got my own kids, right? I'm doing things in life. And what does it do? Familiarity leads to containment, like a wet blanket. When someone has a perception of you that, 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 that where you feel like they've labeled you and kept you down, you just don't feel like you've got room to move. Just like Jesus, when he went through to his hometown, I wonder if that's how he felt. That he did, he felt like, hang on, I can't, I don't have room to move. I need some space here. These guys are putting a wet blanket over me. I feel like they're just, they're seeing me as this little kid. But 
I know who I am. I am the Son of God. Give me room to move. I'm amazed at your unbelief. Because of your unbelief, the miraculous will be stifled. See, I wonder if in our relationships, we've got to be like that with one another. Spouses, have you ever felt like you've been taken for granted? Ah, oh, this is just my wife. It's just my wife. I've been married to her for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, she's good. She washes up. Yeah, she's all right. Picks up my towel from the floor. Now, how do wives feel about that? Wives, have you ever, ever felt like that before? Well, you feel as though you've been taken for granted. Awkward laughs at the moment. <laughs> what about blokes? What about you guys? At times, have you ever felt as though your wife's, your wife, <laughs> <laughs> have, have you ever felt as though your wife's, your wife, I did it again, <laughs> takes you for granted. You go out, you work hard, you come home. <laughs> Your wife is not just your wife. She's God's gift of grace to you, to take care of you, love you. Cook you nice biryanis and curries. But in the same way, ladies, your husbands are not just providers. They're God's gift of grace to you. Do you know who you have? Yeah. Your leaders... Rachel and Ryan, they're not just Rachel and Ryan. Never allow the ease of relationship and friendship get in the way and cause there to be familiarity. Because when you become familiar with someone, you begin to contain them. You see, if familiarity leads to containment, honour leads to empowerment, that we would honour one another, that we would honour one another. You're not just Kate. You are Kate, God's anointed. You are called, chosen and graced to do amazing things and He has, he has brought you here for a reason. You see the difference? This is not just your pastor. This is your pastor. This is God's chosen, anointed, and graced man of God to lead you, to pray for you, to love you. Can you see what honor does? It changes things. When we have God's Spirit, He's not just spirit. Sometimes he's going to say things that are out of the mold and you have the Spirit of God living in you, the Holy Spirit living in you. And I want to challenge each and every one of you, if you love Jesus, learn to listen to him. I have a friend, her name is Faye. She's in her 70s. In her 70s. And one morning she was sitting down and she was doing her devotions. And just She was watching Kenneth Copeland like a video in the morning 
and uh, it was the bin day. And in Perth, you, have, you take out your bins and then the garbage man comes and takes your, your, your rubbish away. Well, Faye was sitting there in the armchair and then there was her neighbour, another elderly man who took the bin, her bin, and put it on the verge for her, for the garbage man to come. And as she saw him out the window, she heard the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, speak to her and say something that was outside of the box. She heard this voice say, Faye, buy that man a chicken. As you do. <laughs> she said, Hey? Faye, buy that man a chicken. Faye said, buy him a chicken? Yes, Faye, buy that man a chicken. Now, what do you do when you hear a voice telling you to buy someone else a chicken? You go buy a chicken. So she went to the shops and she did her shopping run and she bought a hot chicken from the shops. She took it home. She knocked on Reg's door, the elderly man. Reg? Yes, who is that? Reg, it's me, Faye. Faye? Yes, Reg, I have something for you. Oh, what is it, Faye? He opens the door. And Faye says, Reg, I've got a chicken for you. <laughs> and Reg says, a chicken? Yes, Reg, a chicken. This is what Reg said. Isn't that the strangest thing? For the last three days, I've been walking around my house thinking to myself, I wish I could just have some chicken to eat, but I've got no money left. And this is what Reg said. He's not a Christian. Reg says, wow, the man upstairs must care about me. And Faye said, you better believe it. Let's think about that for a second. She's sitting in her armchair and she hears God's Spirit say something outside of the box. Buy your neighbor a chicken. Has God ever said something like that to you before, Reg? You need a chicken? I'll get you one. Not even a Christian. Sometimes God's Spirit will speak to you things that go outside of the way you normally think because we have a God who is holy. Not just holy, He knows everything. He hears everything. He's everywhere at the same time and He's all-powerful. I wonder if it's just a matter of listening out a little bit more, leaning in for discernment and acting out, being obedient, because it takes courage to follow through on what he says. I was sharing with Ryan. God started challenging me on my days off from being a pastor. So I see God heal people and do things on Sundays when I'm in counseling meetings. But I wanted, I wanted to see it more in my everyday life as I went about my things. And I, At the same time, I was frustrated that I didn't see more people get healed in our church services. And I felt like Holy Spirit challenged me to make my own stories. And so I started seeing all these things happen on my day off, on my Sabbath, on the day off from work. Funny how God sometimes works outside 
of the confines. And so I was advertising something on Gumtree, which is a, an advertising medium in Australia, and I wanted to sell something. I had a guy come who was telling me that he's an agnostic. He doesn't, he doesn't really believe in God. He doesn't really care. If anything, he sounded like he didn't believe in, and he didn't care, and he wasn't going to change. But as we're talking, he's, I, I noticed that he had a bit of a limp. And so I said, hey, Bjorn, he was about 60 years old. He had just come back from China. He was an engineer. And I said, hey, Bjorn, what happened with your foot? I just met the guy. And he says, oh, I fell off my bike recently. And, um, and he showed me his foot. And his bunion was sticking right out. And his middle toe on his right foot was the shortest toe. Now, on his left foot, it was the longest toe, his middle toe. But on the right foot, clearly, when he fell, it had done something to his muscles and even his bones. I said, so what are you going to do about that, Bjorn? He says, well, it's going to cost me $2,500. The surgeon told me, spend $2,500 Australian dollars, get a surgery, and it'll be sorted. I said, uh, so you're going to do it? He goes, no, what's the point in me paying $2,500? I'm a 60-year-old man. He said, eventually the pain will go, and if my foot fuses like this, it's fine. I don't really care what it looks like. And this is what he said at that point, outside of the box. I'm there to sell him my shed. But God's Spirit provided an opportunity. He said at that point, he says, but you believe in God, because I told him about church. He goes, if there was a God that healed my foot, I'd probably believe. I said, really? If God heals your foot, you believe in him? He goes, I think so. Now, he was just saying that tongue-in-cheek. He was just saying that just as a bit of a half joke. I said, all right. I put my hand on his shoulder and I, I prayed just like this. Jesus, I thank you for Bjorn, my friend. I like him and I know you care about him. I pray that you grow his toe. And this is what Bjorn said. He gave me a nudge and he goes, and I want the pain to go away too. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I said, and Jesus, I pray you take his pain away. Amen. Simple as that. Simple as that. So we continue to talk, and as we go out to the car, I said, Bjorn, let me know what you want to do, if you want to buy the shed or not. And he goes, yeah, I'll keep in contact with you. And I said, and by the way, let me know what happens with your foot. And he says, yeah, I'll let you know. He gets in the car, and he looks down at his foot, and he flips out. He says, hey, and he bangs his foot on the floor. And he says to me, my toe's grown. My toe has grown. I said, yeah, of course it has. So I go over and I have a look. And his toe had grown. He could not believe it. He could not believe it. Now, I had a little bit of faith, but not that much. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, I'm not called to make sure that people are healed. I'm just called to pray. And that if God's Spirit provides an opportunity that's not in a service, a church service, that's not in a prayer meeting, but that's just on my day off, okay, I'll take, I'll take that. He pulls out his phone and he says, can you please take a photo of my foot? He puts his hand next to his foot because, and he puts his fingers out because he wanted to get a good photo because he, he just couldn't believe it. And I, I said, I'm telling you, mate, God's real. He gets in his car. That was a Saturday. On Monday... He texts me two days later. He says, 
Josh, the pain in my foot is gone. I think you've made a believer out of me. I said, there you go. I, I wonder if God's Holy Spirit wants to be let out of the box. I wonder if God wants to use you and move through you every day, not just on a Sunday. I wonder if God has placed you where you are right now, with the people around you in this current time, in this current context, to share His love, to heal people, to set people free. I wonder if familiarity is leading to contempt. Is God's Spirit saying to you something as crazy as buy your neighbor a chicken? Another lady in our church, she had a severe back issue, and I'm going to finish with this. She had a severe back issue. And this is what she heard God's Spirit say. Cut a lemon. Just by the way, can I just say, this is crazy. This is, this, this is, I'm telling you, this is crazy. I would never come up with this. But just like I would never come up with a cross, I would never come up with a lot of things I read about in the Bible. I'm telling you. She said that God told her to cut a lemon in half and rub it on the pain on her back for three days. Three straight days. Margaret Stevenson, Bob Stevenson's wife. She's one of the pastors. She did it and after three days she was healed. Who comes up with that? I mean, who does that? Let God out of the box. Let Him out. Let Him out. That same God, that same Spirit who lives in you, lives in my friend Faye, that lives in me, that lives in Margaret Stevenson. That same Spirit that gave life to Jesus who was in the grave. That same Spirit you can live with, walk with, talk with, and dine with on an ongoing basis. And it's easier than you think. He's closer than you think. If you want to live a bigger life, get a bigger vision of your God. I saw this church this morning as I was just waiting and praying. And Rachel already hit the nail on the head. I saw a blanket, an oppressive blanket, over this congregation, but I saw a break. I saw a tearing, a shredding. Now, I don't know who that applies to here, but I'm here to tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, victory was won. It says in Colossians that He put the enemy to an open shame. He disarmed the rulers, the authorities, the principalities. They are disarmed. Now, sometimes the enemy roars around, trying to intimidate and scare, trying to, the enemy trying to puff his chest up, make you feel like you're nothing. But I'm here to tell you, my dad runs the universe. My dad, he runs the place. And every time I feel like an attack from the enemy, I point to the cross and I say, hey, you remember your place. You remember your place. My God is holy. He is mighty. He is a God of fire. 
He's got a power and he lives in me. It's time for some of you to walk like you know that, like you believe that, with a straightened spine and your head held high because your father is the king. Imagine that. You are part of the royal family. Don't cower. Don't be afraid. Your dad sits on the throne and any time you want, you can enter that throne room of grace to obtain that grace and find mercy in your time of need. My God is big. He's huge. And I have written in my notes, I felt there is a clear call this morning. It is time for some of you to stop being fans and start being followers. It may be hard for some of you, but I'm just saying it as I see it and as I hear it. Some of you are just liking God. Like on Facebook, like, like, like. It's time to become a follower. Man, that'll preach. I should write a sermon on that. I'm telling you right now, friends, there were many people who liked Jesus. They liked to be fed. They liked to follow. They liked to see the miracles. But only few of them weathered the storm. The disciples, the committed, they were the ones that saw cities turned upside down. They were the ones. And I saw this, Ryan, this morning. I saw this. I saw, for yourself, with Rachel along your side, I saw that you have felt like a John the Baptist, a voice, a lonely voice crying in the wilderness. But God is bringing people to you. And God is raising people up. Because God is turning this house into a trumpet. I see a trumpet. He's giving this house a voice into the city. He's giving this house. Now listen to me. That time is not yet, but it'll come soon. And he will bring people to you that will have a voice and influence over society. He will bring the people to you that will learn what their voice and the strength of their voice. Your job is to help them see that and help them know their God. Because all many will lack is just the confidence. And so while there is a trumpet that is being hammered out and being built, there is going to come a strength of the tune. You're going to know the tune. And you're going to carry the volume to go into the dark places. There is a drum beat. I saw this as you were playing the drums. As you were playing the drums, I saw people that were, there were were some and they're just marching to the beat of their own drum but there's going to come alignment. There's going to come alignment. And as there's alignment and increased solidarity, enhanced unity, there will become strength to speak. I wonder if God has brought you here this morning to bow the knee to Jesus and passionately pursue Him, to not add Jesus to your life. He's not an additive. He's a replacement that we give up our life and we get a better one. Because when Jesus died on that tree, when he died on the cross, he didn't do it just to make us feel good. He did it so there could be a divine exchange. He take our sin, our selfishness, arrogance, conceit, deception, envy, jealousy, and we receive his life. His life is so much better than mine. And I want him to live in me. I want the holiness of God and God's Holy Spirit to live in me and through me to do holy, amazing, mighty things 
that many would be won into the kingdom of God and experience the power of that kingdom. Are you with me, church? I'm going to hand over to Ron. I've gone over a little bit this morning. I'm sorry for that. But I just want to say something to you. If you knew what you had, you'd be thinking a little bit differently. If you knew who you had, you'd be living a lot differently. My prayer this morning is that you can better grasp the person, the presence, and the power of the Almighty who lives inside of you and just wants to be let out. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for the ministry of your spirit this morning. First and foremost, we declare the goodness of God. We declare the power of your Holy Spirit. And right now, as a church community, we declare even into the heavenlies, we declare God's sovereignty. We declare the person and the presence of Jesus who rules and reigns today. And Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would set us free. I pray for freedom. I pray for freedom. I speak freedom. I declare freedom. I proclaim freedom in the Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 